What are you saying? Sorry. I was saying that um, uh, we're just talking about that mic. So that mic is in the same price range as the one I was talking about. Just some audio okay. engineer fun facts. You're an I forgot you're an audio engineering major, and I forgot I'm one too. I feel like you should be editing this podcast. You're like the real expert at this. I don't know shit, shit about shit. <laughs> What's that from? We used to, I used to quote that a lot too. I feel like I feel like we read that in a book in high school. We always like you don't know shit about shit, man. I think it was you don't know shit about dick, and it was from like a movie or some <laughs> shit. I don't remember, but it was hilarious. Remember in Donnie Darko? I think Jake Gyllenhaal says, um, "What does he say?" Did they read the you go suck a fuck? Yeah, suck a fuck. That's what yeah, classic. <laughs> They're like eating dinner with their family. Why don't you go suck a fuck? She's like, how yeah. exactly does one suck a fuck, Donnie? <laughs> Real life siblings in that movie, too. That's a question that has been left and unanswered for years. How does one yeah. suck a fuck, Jake? Um I interpret that as <laughs> if you're in a three-way, um, you can. Well, you can, <laughs> anything's you can, possible in a three-way. So exactly, you're the sucker of the fucking, and that's, that's the literal. That's like the literal translation. I feel like. I think she was <laughs> she got- some big brain shit, like some metaphorical, philosophical type shit when she said that. I think she I think she was pulling from Freud or something, you know, <laughs> it's a term that could really amount to anything or it's like a popsicle that that tastes like sex that you could suck on, you know, what's the that, brand? Fuck. <laughs> it's just the normal, you know, Edie's popsicles. They have the fuck brand. Ah, uh, yes. Only sold in select stores. You know, I think I'm going to title this episode "How How Does One Suck a Fuck." I don't the think that's of- a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's not a good idea at all for a podcast name. But the, no, not our the name of our podcast, the, just the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. They probably <laughs> think it's some weird ASMR shit. Yeah, but is it is it not? Hey, we started that. You want it to be, man. You know, we haven't done this in so long. I can date this back just by pop culture references because I was listening to our last episode. And the very last thing we said was you were like, like don't tell me who dies in Stranger Things 4. <laughs> That's how fucking long it's been. Good God, I still haven't finished that shit, to be honest. Are you serious? I, I got bored. I quit. I didn't feel like watching the rest. Wow. I was gonna make a I was gonna make this a whole roundabout what thing and be like, so you finally figured out who dies. I <laughs> honestly don't know why I was so into that season. Cause now looking back, I think it was just the hype train. I mean and, it was good. Yeah. But I don't feel like going back and finishing it kind of good. That's hilarious. People that deep into that show backing out is definitely a bold thing to do but also the fan base of that show is ridiculously large now it's kind of it lost kind of its mojo i feel like because the fan base is like huge now well it's become more of a commodity than like an actual you know quality show in my opinion yeah true that makes sense like it's more about branding and like how famous everyone in the show is you know it's not as tightly and passionately made as it once was but this is so problem with shows like they yeah as seasons go they slowly disintegrate into being like a an average show that's that's true that's true with a lot and this this is like coming off of like an ultra big first season and now it's kind of like it has too much clout for its own good i feel like yeah this is such an outdated conversation since this was eight months ago and there's been no new. Have you watched The Last of Us? I, w- 
I've watched um, two episodes. It's pretty good. But um, where I left off was the, what's his name? I know it's Ron Swanson in oh, uh, and Rec. <laughs> Nick Offerman? Yeah, Nick Offerman. That episode. It That's was a really great good. episode. Yeah. That's a really good episode. It was um it was like on par with the game, I think. Like the show so far has been pretty like neck to neck in that regard. Yeah, I think so. My only issue is that they retread a lot of the same. I know they have to be loyal to the game, but they kind of retread a lot of the same beats as the show, as as the game rather. And sometimes the game is felt much more emotionally like engaging in some ways. Um, yeah. You know what I was, mean? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I remember when it came out on PS3, everybody's <laughs> like, did you play the last of us? And then everyone who asked who finished it were like depressed and like, don't say it, man. yeah, don't bring that like, up. What's the deal with this game? And then I play it and like, I binged the shit out of it and beat it. And like, mm-hmm. and same here. I, I had like a hole in my soul after that. It was crazy. <laughs> That's why I, I, I know I'm going to be very emotionally drained by the end of the show, but not nearly as much as the game because we were complicit in that shit. We were Joel. Yeah, and this, that's why you, it feels more closer, I think, is because you're involved in like the process of the story. Because you're right. The, the characters and doing all this shit that, you know, unlocks cutscenes and all these things yeah <laughs> that's how yeah um no i enjoyed it i'm enjoying it so far it's really good like the characters they cast or the actors they cast to play everyone is really solid so they yeah, Pedro's solid choice for joel i think at first i was like i don't see it but now i'm like yeah no he's doing it he's doing yeah it yeah to the source material for sure yeah it was the same at first i thought he was maybe like played an imitation of Joel and now he's kind of embodying that grisly old spirit of Joel. So I'm into it. I'm yeah, into the thing. Um, who what's her name? Bella Ramsey. Yeah, she plays Ellie. She's from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was um also nervous about her playing Ellie, but good lord. She's, she's good Ellie, yeah. She's like seamlessly Ellie. She's not even like trying. I mean that's a good thing. You don't think she's putting effort in? She doesn't have to. She's just effortlessly Ellie. That's true. <laughs> she has that charisma of Ellie. She's British though too, so she. I think she has to like do a whole accent sort of thing. She's seriously of, British. On Game of Thrones, remember she was she was a Mormont or whatever, and she had like a thick British dialect. Oh, I thought she was American and acting British. <laughs> But now like, I'm like, is she acting American? Like, I'm confused. yeah, dude. I think that's the case. I think on all of Game of Thrones, the only actor that was American and spoke British was Peter Dinklage, and everyone else around him was like a Brit or some other Eastern European country. Classic Tyrion. Yeah, dude, the king of everything, Tyrion. You know, Pedro Pascal was a Game of Thrones too, which is wild. Yeah, he was that guy who got wrecked by the mountain. By the mountain. Well, Over he was at the Martell. guy from Dorne. Yeah. Dude, he was guy. so cool. In that. He was like my favorite character in that season. He was so sick. He was cool with like the staff. Yeah, he was like... <laughs> that shit living. did nothing against the mountain, though. Like, that was like a toothpick. And He, he almost just, killed like, him, though, man. Remember? Then he got... Didn't he kill him? He almost killed the mountain, I mean. Oh yeah, that's right. And then that shit like did not work out. He was like he was like giving a really impassioned speech and then the mountain just gets up and like kills it, like crushes his skull. Like, yeah, there's something dude. about his head disintegrating. He's just like, thinking about like what happened to his body. Pedro Pascal's head just it was like his eyes popped out of his head. That was fucking type cool. shit. That's when I saw that. Yeah, like, I was I like I threw the remote, dude. I was so mad. Yeah, there hasn't really been anything like that show. I mean, House of the Dragons, it's close, actually, I'd say. 
That's it's a, getting there. It's just like a slow build. Did you finish season one? I actually never. Yeah, it was did. really good. Uh, I need in to. The beginning, it's like you, you're kind of like introduced to everyone, so it's gonna be a little like slow. But by the end, that's when like that's when it enters that Game of Thrones territory. I think. Shit, I need to catch up. That was kind of how I felt about Stranger, how you felt about Stranger Things is where I just kind of gave up just due to exhaustion of the source material, I feel like. And I wasn't I didn't feel like going all the way. But now I got to probably before season two, I'll just go back and watch all of it. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like for Stranger Things, I I don't really know why I'm watching it, because like I saw it's <laughs> so like so many things happen. It's just like. I don't really need to know what happens now because like, it's just not, it's not interesting enough anymore to me. Maybe I grew out of it. I don't know. I think if you finish season four, you're going to, you'll be much more intrigued, but to each their own, you know, I, the show does lack kind of like an end goal mentality anymore. It just kind of drones on because it's so popular and it has the budget to keep churning out seasons so that's what that's kind of like its main issue but anyway yeah no that's it's usually the issue with like bigger shows with like budgets i think yeah so you said you had life revelations in your life (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't mean like specific revelations just like more abstract oh. stuff. Have you ever just like wash the dishes and like something just like solves in your head and you're like, well, absolutely. It's like those mini realizations that are like, you know, over time, they're just like, what's life? You know, those kinds of things makes you question the big picture mm. over See- small realizations. So you're having like existential thoughts as you're living your daily life that cause you to question like what you're like, what you're doing in the moment or like 10 years from now, like where your life will be at sort of thing. I mean, I guess that's part of it. I think it's more like connecting the dots, like background processes. It's like, oh, that's why people do this thing. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Like little discoveries. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> what I meant. But do you have like an example? Like you're doing the dishes and then no, because they fade. Like I get it and then they're gone. Like it's really weird. I don't know if it's just me. There should be like a word for these things. You know, I think I'm with you though. I think they do fade. Like I'll have I'll have a very euphoric kind of realization of something and it's not even that it doesn't have to be that you know consequential to my life but maybe i'll think back on like a a friend or someone in my life or just a thing that happened and you're like oh that's the kind of what you said like that's why that happened or that like you'll connect different moments in your life that have similar kind of meanings if that makes yeah. sense. That sounds like, like you... that's deep stoner talk, but it's true. <laughs> but exactly. Nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, like, you you have like these theories in your head. Some of them are proven wrong and some are like right. And you're like, oh shit. And like, yeah, that's that's really it. There's nothing else that really can happen. So you're just like, well, I was right about that, or like maybe I was wrong about this. We're being so abstract, but I think people know what we're saying because when I used to work like in high school and college, when I used to work like shitty jobs, like at restaurants and the movie theater, like I'll be do, you'll be so in sync to your job that it's, it becomes second nature to where your brain doesn't have to sort of operate to function at the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it will sort of wander off to a different part of your brain as say like you're, you're like, stacking the silverware and the plates before the lunch rush or whatever and then you'll start to think about like stuff that happened five years ago and then something that happened like last week you're like wow that's a weird that's a weird like full circle moment or like you know kind of what you're talking about i know it's endlessly you could like there's so many things that you could could come up 
Well, during work's when that happens the most, I think. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're trying to focus on one thing and then your brain's like shows you an image of like some bullshit from like seven years ago of you like (laughs) saying something slightly embarrassing. Sure. No, that's that that's another good point. Like things will come back that you tried to sort of bury deep in your brain, like embarrassing or, you know, things that you try to compartmentalize will come back and you're like, fuck, why did I do that? But then you have to be like, just forgive yourself, man. That was like eight years ago. That still comes up in my brain. Me too. And like, you can't really do anything about it, which is also like relieving and comforting because it's over. Mm -hmm. So you just focus on the task at hand. Like, it's actually like kind of cathartic. It's like letting go of something, you know? It is. And you have to have like emotional maturity, I feel like, to let go. Not to say that I have like maximum... Bro, I'm the most emotional, mature motherfucker on this planet. (laughs) Yeah, dude. What? That's what the whole podcast should be about. It should be called (laughs) emotional motherfuckers. We we have nothing left to learn about life. Really fucking emotional, (laughs) and we're mature about it, bitch. But like, I look back at high school when I had like zero emotional maturity and kind of self self. uh, uh, What do you call it? I don't know what word I'm looking for, but you know, like I didn't, I didn't know how to, well, yeah, I was overly self-conscious about things that I didn't know how to like not take life so seriously in the moments. Like things were at maximum emotional, like distress and Mm -hmm. like little things that, and then I didn't. And then if something bothered me, especially this might just be me. I don't know if everyone in high school had this, but like, things would linger in my brain for like weeks. Like if something bad happened at school or if, or if something with a girl happened, that was embarrassing, you know? And then, but now it's like, you kind of have to like, let that shit slide. I f- Cause then you can't emotionally yeah. move on with your life. And that's, you know, I don't know when I got over that. I can't, I can't really clock that. Like what maybe college. I don't know what it was like for you when you're like, I need to take a step back and just breathe. I think like, well, during high school for me, I was just like chaotic as fuck. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's like right. everything felt like the end of the world in high school. Cause if that's you, what like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Stakes like, felt way high. Yeah, exactly. Cause I guess we had less shit going on, but also <laughs> I don't know what the science is behind that, but now yeah. it's more like the opposite. Like, like it's not the end of the world so just like move on because there's other things that matter i think it's i think it is because we didn't have a lot going on and it was all about like social status and trying to find yourself in those formative years i guess and now it's like i need to pay my fucking taxes and cook dinner for myself so you don't have the social conditioning that we went through in um the education system yeah, and we went to a very fucked up school for that kind Our of learning process. Just very lame. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was like, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like good. It was just like, like, okay. It was, it wasn't, it was the middle point where it wasn't like a super like ratchet or, you know, underfunded school, but it wasn't like a super wealthy. We were in the sweet spot in the middle to where there's nothing interesting ever happened at our school. And mostly exactly. people were annoying, like privileged idiots dropping yeah. bombs on Columbard South right now. <laughs> uh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, there were some good times too. No, yeah, I had some definitely some good memories I look back on, mostly out, out of the school, <laughs> like in social situations were my good memories. But being in school, I just remember walking around and being so just. I don't know, jaded about everything. Maybe I think that was like more junior and senior year when I'm like, all right, this is like, I can't believe this is still going on. This whole yeah. process of. I think in school, everyone's focused on their future all the time because everything you do is so important all the time. Like you have mm-hmm. to do well. And then 
you get out and everything you do does not matter at all. Like <laughs> nothing you do is as important as it was to you in school. Like it's all just like, it feels way less important. And I think that's the process that people have to adapt to after they graduate. They should have a, I always thought in high school they should have classes that are geared towards, I guess, psychological management as an adult, but also like how how to do logistical adult things to make it less stressful, like fucking find an apartment or pay your taxes and buy a car. Like I remember with like consumer education and stuff like that, like tried to teach us that stuff. Um but like they, I don't remember any of what they taught us to. Like I don't, I don't think I even absorbed any of it. But most, every, most classes is my takeaway is that they were so useless in high school. Like I don't use any. I know that's such an overused statement, but it's so true. Yeah, I mean, there was just some like filler classes, and then there are some that teach you the generic info like information you need for the prerequisite to the next class, just to get to the final class, the one that you want to go to. Right. You're learning all this bullshit just to get to that class. And then when you get there, it's completely like self-explanatory. Like you could have went on Google kind of shit. (laughs) That's at least that's how it was for me. Like in college. No, that's so true. Cause everything everything felt like it was leading towards something like every class was a prerequisite to something else. And it was like, just kind of building towards like an end goal or something that felt more substantial, but it never did. Um, it was all just useless information. Like I felt like I needed to, I was like, I, I felt bad. I wasn't absorbing certain things like, like in math, I couldn't fucking for the life of me, remember anything pa- since like, over the next two years, like it would just go away. And then I realized like, why the fuck do I need room in my brain for any of this stuff? But that's what standardized testing and all this bullshit does. It's like some people aren't good at like other things people are like great at. Like, it's just not, mm-hmm. there's no one size fits all like student. Oh shit, man. I have like, I have PTSD from ACT prep because I thought it was so vital to success in life. Because at that time, that's what they say. Like, you have to get get an ACT score for college. Like, well, fuck, I better better buckle down. And I took classes for it. And and that test is like the opposite of an IQ test. It's like, (laughs) it it is ridiculous. None of it's like, I mean, besides like the reading port. And like, if you if you have a career in like, science or math but like other than that like it none of it was connected to what most of us were doing in college and beyond i'm like i don't know why i was so stressed about it at the time but that's what they conditioned us to be like which was fucked up yeah and like you learn that you don't even have to be smart to be good at school you just have to be like good at following whatever the hell format that they use to teach you like that's it We were so bad at school, weren't we? And I I think like I if I tried, like I probably would have done way better. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like 85 percent of it was effort. And then like. It was it was pretty much all effort, like because I I don't think we studied and a lot of our peers like weren't studying either. And I think people assumed we were just like, well, we were lazy, but it didn't really correlate to our intelligence level. Not to say we're smart as fuck or anything, but I think that's what, well, that's what I that's hate. What I'm trying school. to say is we are really fucking smart. So <laughs> fuck everyone. I mean, they could be the judge of that based on this conversation for sure. But no, yeah, it was fucked up. Cause like I was, I convinced myself I was very just, I was challenged like academically, but like, but then I look back, I'm like, I didn't even, give any effort at all um i, I had so, so much shit going on in my in my head i know you did too <laughs> to where i just yeah, didn't it's hard I didn't to concentrate care. when you're going through like whatever it is that's keeping you from like yeah. trying to learn and retain information but yeah school like, standardized testing and all that stuff like you don't have to 
That's not a good measure of intelligence. Like it's just a way to measure who's really good at being a soulless NPC. <laughs> no, it's true, man. And yeah, just dropping bombs on all of <laughs> this, the entire educational system that formed us today, you know? It's pretty whack. I have to say it needs some like updating. Like they need to reforms suited to individuals instead of like a one size fits all for everyone. That's I a hundred percent agree. And that's why I was saying like they need classes catered towards like educating kids to have interests outside of like the normal academic schedule. Like I know there was like there were what do you call it, CCD or whatever that we had at South that kids could go off campus and do shit like that um, and like study mechanics and computer science and stuff. That's like, that's what school needs to be like a hundred percent of the time. I feel. Yeah. It should help yeah. you do what you want to do. Like that's the ultimate goal. Like not make you do a bunch of shit you don't want to do in promise of getting to a, something that you want to do and then feeling like you got like like pranked like when you get there <laughs> graduation was a big just like pull back the curtain you've been pranked <laughs> i guess you ain't got shit now with, like art students that went to college like most of the stuff that we're saying i mean i could say the same for going to art school in, in other ways <laughs> that i didn't need to do it but I, at least at the very least i know you can probably agree at the very least, I was able to like find myself, quote unquote, for four years and explore things that I had been like dying to explore for the past like eight years. Yeah, the like social it... part was great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The education part was lacking. I think it was it was very lacking. Like, I, and I, the teachers just seemed like jaded as fuck because they're kind of teaching things that you can learn on YouTube, and and just by like self-practice you know um yep so it was kind of yeah it was the whole thing was very whack but i met really good lifelong friends and we went to the same school which was dope but yeah but yeah i look back fondly mostly but i also i still think i'm like why the fuck did i spend four years on that like <laughs> so it if i could have like learned from i feel like some of it is like my fault for like trying to like apply to it anyway just because i know like what are they going to teach me that i don't know but the connections <laughs> were like the real like thing that kept me there instead of like transferring to something else absolutely yeah yeah but i gotta i miss chicago a lot just looking back on that yeah, that sort of chunk of my life during the winter it's it was horrible so <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I don't, I don't want to live there now. Yeah, man. Like right this second would be horrible. I don't even have winters anymore. It's just so strange. You, you know what fucked up about living in Southern California? I noticed is that my blood has thinned so much, and my body has adjusted to the heat and like fifty degree weather so much that whenever I experience anything that's like forty below, I feel like I'm gonna like freeze to death so if i yeah, when i come I'm naturally like that so i need to move <laughs> I, you should yeah and i wasn't like that like i handled the cold so well and now i feel like and i when i was back in chicago a few months ago for winter, it was like fall winter that sort of like gray period where it's both and it was like 30 degrees i had like two three layers of coats on i was like Dang, i don't feel i just don't i didn't feel like i belonged anymore it's fucking SoCal weather. I had to buy a new jacket for this winter because my old one, I realized like that it hit me and I had it for like five years straight. So I was like, okay. And it hasn't even kept me warm through those five years. Like that's the just a shitty jacket. It is, but like I like <laughs> the way it looked. So I kept it for that long. Ah, I see. But now I bought like a Nike thermal active, whatever the hell it is. And that thermal. shit is 
Yeah, that I can probably climb Everest with that thing. It's that <laughs> good at keeping me warm. Dude, that thermal technology is really something. It can you can wear that with like and go shirtless out in the winter. I feel like you'll be okay. Yeah, just throw out, that on. Just hit swinging around. Hits out, dick out. <laughs> why not? Barefoot. Just Isn't walk that, around. <laughs> sounds like the average Californian. Oh, dude. I was <laughs> a few months ago. I was in Hollywood Boulevard, which is like it's it's kind of a cesspool of homeless people and like just like really, really colorful individuals, you know, like crazy people. And there was a guy, there was a dude like wearing that exact outfit where he just had a tank top on and he was sitting like cross legged. And then I and you could, he just like had no pants or underwear on his dick just flying out. And he, <laughs> That's horrible. And, and he was like, just chain smoking six. I'm like, good for that guy though. He doesn't need pants, man. I'd chain smoke cigs too if I didn't have pants. <laughs> he was like in a really good mood, like 70 years old, just dick swinging. Uh, that's the life. Yeah, man. There's a lot of those characters in Los Angeles for sure. It seems like a very interesting place to like meet people in, you know, like same interests. There's probably a bunch of stuff going on in LA all the time. Kind of like Chicago, but more yeah, outdoors. More outdoors and just more, just the mass of people is just way more substantial because there's like 12 million people packed into this little desert valley and like so many of them are like poor ass, you know, up and coming people in the industry like me and we're all poor as fuck somehow surviving. So it is, it is that kind of there's that shared experience of like the struggle here, which is really nice. You know, like we all, we're all going through it together at least, but then there's, you see people in like West Hollywood that are driving like Tesla's bougie as fuck. And you're like, wow, there's, there's definitely a wealth disparity here. That's pretty, pretty insane. So it is weird. It's a weird place. Well, would you say it's better than Chicago? I've been asked this so many times by people in Chicago and I, it depends on like your expectations of living. I feel like, um, I don't know, man. I mean, Chicago has so much nostalgia. I can't really compare accurately. And I've only been here for a year and some change, like a year and a half. So Mm -hmm. Chicago has more character. I feel like though, um, in, uh, there's more of like a sense of community because um, LA things are so like far apart and spread out and there's so many different neighborhoods to navigate. Like it doesn't feel as and Chicago, you know, like bars stay open to 4 a.m. and people are like walking the streets till 4 a.m. And like 4 a.m. in LA, it's dead and there's no one on the streets. So oh, wow. I figured um, that's where it would be like the most alive. I mean, there's 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 portions, there's like streets like with, you know, drunk people walking around and whatnot. But Chicago, like in the loop and Wrigleyville at that hour, it's always popping. And I kind of miss that. So um, yeah, just kind of feel like the city's always having people. L.A. people are just more worried about like getting to work the next day and getting their fucking kombucha the next day. So <laughs> People are I more that shit is so not it's it's gross. You don't like kombucha? It's too sour. I don't know what the fuck that shit is. It is but... very sour, but it's good for your like it's it has so many probiotics, it's good for your gut. God, I don't know I... what's going on in my gut, but I don't want that <laughs> shit. I don't either. That's kind of why I, I've been in LA long enough to where I like I have to drink kombucha now, I guess. There's is like some supposed to be cold, like what yeah. What the hell? Who brought this shit like into the mainstream? I I, I don't know about that, but um, I don't know. It's good for you. It's ta- I like the taste of it. I think I feel like the bottled kombucha is not the best experience. You got to go in LA. There's like these tea shops that I love to go to, and like you can get kombucha, but you can also get like matcha and stuff. And their kombucha teas are you like them? They're really good. 
and there's caffeine, different flavors and stuff. So it's like an alternative to coffee, kind of. Kind of. I think it's more, <coughs> it's less of a daily intake. It's not compared to coffee. It's more like once a week or once every few weeks you have it to like cleanse your body. Ah, uh, yes. That's why it doesn't taste My the best. It's, it tastes like you're drinking like sour milk in some ways. It, it's not very like appealing to drink again like i had it once i was like i don't get it like i don't see the hype behind this, this it's thing. not for play it makes you feel so good though like i, I felt feel really good i felt like i was dying inside if you maybe don't think about the taste in general but that amplified it <laughs> maybe yeah maybe it just yeah i don't know i i'm not i'm not that in tune with kombucha I mainly make fun of people that drink it super often. So I went to Auntie Anne's yesterday, that pretzel place, and good lord, that shit's always bussing. What'd you get? Like a did you get the hot dog pretzel? Pretzel. No, I had like an actual like full pretzel. Damn, I haven't done that in a while. Good God, that shit was just orgasmic. Did you do they give you like dipping sauce, like some creamy like i don't know what to call it like like kind of icing no but i should have asked for that because that sounds great but when i was there like they they had like two choices because they were closing so oh okay the cinnamon one and that shit was baked fresh it was like hot and it was just it was godly that sounds pretty bomb was that at yorktown mall no, this was in Oakbrook. There's one there. Uh, I was surprised. Mall. I was like, I didn't see this one. I thought it was only at Yorktown. Yeah, what a revelation there. Dude, I miss I miss when Yorktown I used to go to Yorktown as a kid, like with my grandparents, and we'd always just fucking go hard at the food court. I'd eat like Sabaro and like Taco Bell, like just eat a bunch of different shit. And now the mall, now all malls, food courts, like especially in Illinois, became very upper class type shit. But they still have. I I just have a lot of nostalgia for like Sabaro and like I Panda miss, Express. Like how like crappy they used to be. Like the food. Yeah, court. exactly. Now they're There's too a sense of like this is a pit stop before mm-hmm. we go back into the stores. Now it's like this is where we take dates. Yeah. Yeah hang out with the family kind of thing that they're it's, pitching. It's too trendy. It's got like ergonomic ch- chairs and like really colorful, like scenic. It's nice, but I miss when it was like loud and greasy in there at the food they court. They gentrified our mall, man. Oh, totally. And there's like all those condos that opened up over that mall. It became like, it's become such a, like a, a commodity for rich ass, like, 20 somethings to live up near the mall it's so weird yeah and <clears throat> stores are also like kind of declining in qualities like either that or like they're getting bankrupt and shutting down but yeah I, it's, it's it's the same if you come here and go to yorktown you'll be like oh i probably will not go to the mall when i go back i think the pandemic fucked a lot of those stores in the ass though right they just don't they can't recover yeah i mean there's a lot that shut down where i'm like i don't even remember the store being here like this is weird i remember when high school we used to go to like it was pack sun and then it was spencer's um spencer rags is the place yeah hot rags is where we'd get those um those candlesticks what are those incense incense yeah i got some incense going right now yeah from from hot rags i need to buy some more they had the weirdest fucking scents like dragon pussy and like fucking like cherry blossom like it had such a huge range yeah nowadays i just get like lavender and cinnamon i get like really simple because i'm not like covering up weed smells or anything like that it's just it's just for like meditation purposes. So patchouli. That's a good one. 
everyone that worked at that place i remember we'd ask them for their recommendations they seemed so like barred out like they were just taking like 100 milligrams of dab oil like they were so strung out it was dope if i'm facing like all these like weed accessories i would be stoned to working there i mean every so the, it's always at a smoke shop or like one of those incense like hot rags types of stores it's either like someone stoned out of their minds or like a 50 year old like i don't know middle eastern guy who's just trying to get by it's always the demographic it's literally every cell phone store in the mall is that demographic is <laughs> a middle eastern man trying to get by and then a stoner who works as like his co-worker yeah and there's yeah exactly especially the kiosks the vape shop i go to around here that the, the guy there he's like 60 and he's kind of both he's like he wears a beanie and he's a he's a big time like stoner i could tell but he's also just like a guy trying to provide for his family selling vapes and like candles and stuff it's pretty See, sweet we need more open-minded middle eastern boomers <laughs> era right now that that is severely lacking in the community Ooh, that's that's interesting oh yeah that's that's definitely a shot fired yeah i don't <laughs> want i don't want to say anything because i'm not middle eastern i don't want to like I don't want to push any buttons for anyone who's listening. Like, yeah, all these Middle Eastern guys are so hung up on religion and shit. But yeah, if if you said that, that'd be whack. But it's I just kind of did. I was kidding. That was that was satire. That was (laughs) this Filipino guy talking shit. (laughs) I could drop something on Filipinos. Um, They got to stop eating so much fucking salty ass pork is what they got to stop doing. That sounds dank. I know it's always food related. Like if I meet Filipinos out here and we, we always connect about food, like dude, this lechon I had the other week at this food truck was so fuck dank. Yeah. You guys have some pretty like good food too. Like compared oh, to absolutely. cultures. Like, the, it's kind the of most, underrated, I think the most underrated cuisine. And, that, and that's not even just cause I'm biased, but most people never have had it and, like most cuisines are like pretty ubiquitous, like Thai or Vietnamese, even like Indian food. But Filipino food is not, it's very underrepresented. And it's my goal to make it more represented in this culture. What's like somehow. the most popular dish that's like Filipino? I mentioned lechon, which is basically just crispy pork that's kind of spit roasted over a fire. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Um, there's another dish called sisig, which is basically fried pork. It's all it's all meat, um, but it's like fried pork mixed with egg and sort of like it's hard to explain. Um, yeah, is it mostly like pork dishes? There's pork. There's a there's a dish called uh, adobo, which is chicken that's sort of braised in soy sauce and like this really rich. Um, marinade and you can put that over rice and it's it's kind of similar to like there's some of the persian food that you that your dad made actually where it's just kind of it's very simple like chicken over rice dish but it's so like it's the most you crave it it's so like addicting um there's so much usually like what you taste in the chicken is like hours of like work exactly different spices and like Mm -hmm marinating the chicken and yep cooking it at the exact right like temperature so it comes off the bone exactly it's about it's about the the simmering process you know like and that's the same with with like some curries and stuff that you guys make um (laughs) yeah we're, we're known for that like by white people i guess like on the outside it's just spicy food that's like a curry but there's more dishes that no there are yeah i didn't mean to generalize oh no i'm not talking about you i'm talking about like the average like americans perspective on like pakistani or indian food it's just like as like spicy and like yeah it's spicy but if you look past the spice there's also flavor no absolutely there's, there's some, some bomb ass. 
So like, I feel like people stray away from Indian and Paki food because they think it has to be spicy, but yeah, it's definitely all not. No. Yeah, for sure. There's a dish at a restaurant I like that's Persian owned near me. And it's basically just, it's like lamb shanks and rice and like peppers. Yeah, kind of food's kind of drier. Like, yeah, it is dry, but it's the flavors there. Like the way they season the meat. And um, what kind of rice? It's like the yellow rice. It's not basmati. It's some other some other brand or so, it, it's a brand, but they do something to make it yellow. Dude, yeah, and they they just kind of like soaked it in butter and like spices. It's so good. God, yeah, Mediterranean food is definitely that hits hits different. It hits good, like really authentic stuff that I've tried. It's really good. I can say like about Greek food, they know how Ooh. to definitely cook like meat. I'd say like very Masters. good at that. lamb chops that they make. Oh. Fucking nuts, dude! Yeah, Greek Islands is where I went to most recently. That's I a great restaurant. More like like actual Greek restaurants, but man, the way they season mm-hmm. the, the actual meat that they they serve, it's really different. That sounds great. Do you ever have, in terms of Greek food, I think it's called Patistio? Patistio is what it's called. It's like their version of lasagna, but they put like really exotic meats in between the the noodles. Patistio is what it's called, yeah. That sounds right up my alley. Dude, you'd like it. I had it at that Greek islands place when I was younger. Man. I, still I, think to, about I need that. to see what that is because I'm tempted. Pastizio. Spaghetti's good, but spaghetti with meat, exotic meat. Well, okay, Lasagna. not exotic meat. Exotic spices. Exotic, <laughs> exotic meat. meat, like fucking iguana or some shit. No, that's what it looks I like. I don't. Damn, that looks really yeah. fucking good, dude. Yeah. It's like a very common Greek like family dish, but they, they like elevate that shit at the Greek islands place. I might DoorDash that shit. You should. I've That's never DoorDashed problem. Greek food. <laughs> uh pastizio. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fucking DoorDash Greek food. I've dashed like a euro before. Never like authentic, like pastiche. Sounds so good right now. Fuck. I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, me too. And all I have in my fridge are like bagels. Damn. Yeah. You need some variety. You can't just live <laughs> off of bagels. It's like the most bland thing ever. I'm not I'm like, it's Saturday. I'm like out of food, you know? Yeah. That's another thing about life is worrying about fucking food all the time yeah you know what i've been living off though which i i really enjoy i've been eating just like trader joe meals i don't know if you go to trader joe's but they have like their kind of pre-made meals on like the cooler section and they're fucking bomb oh do they i didn't know they made pre-made stuff yeah it's they have uh they're like in cardboard boxes kind of like in little slips but i had like uh I had like this bourbon chicken that was like marinated with a sauce and I made that with some mac and cheese that they made and it oh hit hard, God. man. It's so bourbon cheap too. sounds godly. Dude, you got to try it. It's so cheap. I like you can get a meal that will serve you for three days for like $8. Yeah, I didn't know they had like pre-made meals. I thought like it was just ingredients and shit, but now I'm going to start going to Trader Joe's if they got those there it's such a big thing in fucking la so like all of the trader joe's are like so crowded so when i go there i feel like i'm fighting for my life against all the other people getting these fucking meals and like it's um oh shit okay i actually have something to drop on trader joe's right now something i had a bad experience this week so i got these raspberries (laughs) and i was eating what happened 
I literally I ate an entire package because they're, they're not that big, right? The packages of raspberries are not that large. So I ate one. I had an entire one in one sitting. Yeah. And the the final raspberry, I bit into it and I was overcome with the, like the most foul taste. <laughs> so I spit it out immediately. And inside the raspberry and my mouth was a dead fucking fruit fly. Oh, shit. That burrowed itself into the raspberry. And I almost puked and I like rinsed my mouth out for like an hour. Good God. I would have like fucking lost my shit when I Dude, it was so it ruined my day because like I kept trying to eat other things and I could only think about biting in. Good thing I didn't like bite into the fruit fly because like how you know how many germs was probably on that thing, but it was in my mouth and I spit it out immediately. So did you taste the fly or did you taste like dude? I don't want to I don't know. It just t- <laughs> It honestly just tasted like I bit into a piece of dirt. Ugh, that's fucking gross. And I spit it out, and you like the the fly was like it was something like out of Alien, you know, like a really like slimy creature, just like like burrowed itself into the raspberry, and it felt like I opened like an egg or something, and it was in my fucking mouth. Good God, you got like inseminated by an alien. Yeah, I feel like I got impregnated by a fucking xenomorph or something. I'm I'm <laughs> never having raspberries for like the next two years, dude. I can't. Dude, that's yeah, that's kind of traumatic, actually. And I love raspberries. It's fucked. <laughs> I was mixing that with mango slices. It's such a good combo. Oh, mango, sli- dude. You ever had dried mango slices? Oh, all the time, dude. That's a oh, big that's Filipino tough. thing, by the way. Yeah, no, it is because it says Philippine like mangoes or some shit on mm-hmm. cover. Trader like, Joe's has really good ones. Yeah, man, those <laughs> things really hit the spot as a snack. They are. I'm still endorsing Trader Joe's, even though I fucking bit into a fruit fly. That's how much you love them. I'm I'm, I'm a stand, dude. I they feed me for really cheap, and they're all really chill in there, Trader stoned Joe. off their minds. Sugar daddy Trader Joe. <laughs> I'm a slut for Joe's. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm saving my hunger because me and my friend are gonna go to an Irish restaurant later. I'm about to smash on some corned beef and cabbage. Ooh, that's that sounds dope. Corn yeah. Beef. Have oh, you ever had like authentic? Sandwich? Oh yes, it's so good. Oh, I don't know if they have corn corned beef sandwiches are good too, man. Isn't that a Reuben? Like that, yeah, that's technically a Reuben, but they usually put like sauerkraut and mustard on it. Like I'm a fan of sauerkraut. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, me too, dude. Yeah. I mean, I grew up my 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 other my dad's half of the family is like super German. Um, and we'd always we'd always have like sausages and kielbasas with sauerkraut and mustard. It's like it's Ooh. so bad for you, but it's so fucking good. That does sound good. I'd, I'd try that. But yeah. one thing with sauerkraut my uncle does is he's, he says they're called Seattle dogs. Like, I don't know if it's an actual term that's like around Seattle, but hmm. that's what he calls them. So because he used to live in Seattle. Okay. But uh, so you just take a hot dog and you put cream cheese and sauerkraut in the bun. Hmm. And when he offered it to me, I was like, that sounds fucking horrible. And then I yeah. took a bite and I lost my shit because I was like overcome with like surprise. Cause I was like, damn, this is actually hmm. really good. Just what kind of is it just a normal like hot dog? It's grilled. Put, grilled uh, hot dog in there. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's relatively simple. Like it's just so weird how it all fits together to make something good. I might have to try that. Although I don't, I don't know where you get sauerkraut. I mean, uh, like everywhere has store, it. Like yeah. the, jewels, the jewel of California. That is Ralph's. It's like the yeah, same store. It's owned by Kroger. I think it's just called Ralph's. Yeah. Oh. It's the same thing as jewel. Like literally this exact same layout and like brands that jewel has. 
I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I can't escape the same fucking grocery store. That's kind of why I went to Trader Joe's. Yeah, that's at least a little different. They try a little bit, you know. <clears throat> There's so many grocery stores in LA, though, like brand, like an absurd amount of brands. Like, there's this place called Air One, which is like $20 per item. It's like the most bougie, expensive grocery store that, like, celebrity, like Tyler the Creator is always there and like all these people. I think um, it's probably like one of those vegan, like, non GMO. Like- yeah kind of things i went there for fun once and i got like a smoothie and some sushi and it was like 40 fucking dollars dude but it was so good all of it and but then you see people shop there like every day and i'm like it's it's like absurd (laughs) yeah i'm out here buying trader joe's chicken and raspberries getting does sound like a a good thing to get from there but like what do you recommend from like the pre-made meals all right i got you so um i buy some of their pre-made lunch stuff too like i get their buffalo chicken wrap um which is for like lunches and stuff like all their wraps and salads are really good and like they actually taste like real food like if you'll get those at like jewel you know like that pre-made food tastes fake as fuck like this tastes good um but the in terms of the dinners uh the bourbon chicken is really good um the teak chicken masala oh um, yeah that's my stuff it's it's very much i'm sure you can make a better one yourself but you you can literally i'll take it if it's yeah all you have to do is like heat it in the oven for like a few minutes and it's right there um there's a chicken fajita thing that I usually make and like get some tortillas and like you can make tacos for like days with that. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. They have a pretty decent variety. Yeah, dude. And then there's some meatloaf I get sometimes if I want like a nice classic meatloaf dinner. Um, There's dude, there's so many different ones. There's Euro. There's like Euro meat you can get there. Yeah. You got to. I might stop by over there, honestly do it and then report back on your experience i will on the next episode <laughs> the trader joe's podcast now we've been sponsored we gotta get dan brooks on here because he used to work there yeah i want to he should speak on his experiences from that that perspective like what yeah. kind of customers go to trader joe's like i want to know like the average <laughs> Cause like I ha- I rarely go there. It's pretty evident when you step in. It's like a lot of there's a lot of like fifty year old women, um, but then there's a lot of people like our age. It's like everybody. It's but it's not like Jewel where you'll see like a family of four, like going down the frozen pizza aisle or something. It's kind of just like people by themselves trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. So that's why I like it. Yeah, that's nice. That's definitely worth visiting. It's like when I worked at Aldi during the pandemic, it was like I kind of got to know the customer base there. And that was like a terrible that was like Karen, Karen Central, because they were all looking for deals and like they all wanted their off brand (laughs) cookies and shit. (laughs) I know my dad likes it because of the deals. It's the cheapest fucking grocery, but you can't like live off Aldi. You got to be a maniac. To live off Aldi. I don't know, man. I think he's making it happen. Your dad does that? <laughs> that's what it feels like. He lives off Aldi? That's that's actually impressive. Harvest Aldi's fucking supply chain into this house. Well, props to your dad. I guess he's not a maniac about it. But people that shop there were crazy. That's what that's that's my point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't personally go there, but I just go to Jewel for stuff because I don't know where else to go. You're Jewel boy. That's what I know. And that's what I trust. (laughs) Your brand loyalty to Jewel. Yeah, I feel like most average Americans go to their grocery store just because they're familiar with it because they grew up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I kind of grew up on that my mom went to like Costco 
like most of the time. So I, I grew up on like Costco rotisserie chicken and like Ooh, that Costco's good god, they have some good shit. They do. I feel like if yeah, like their their pre-made meals are fucking good too. But it's like the portions are insane. So like I can't really if I'm like cooking for one person, it's kind of stupid to get their food. But like if you if I ever had a family, I'd go to Costco every week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I'm gonna get like a membership for that. <laughs> they have so much shit, it's honestly worth it because they also have like electronics and stuff. They do, yeah. They have good I bought my TV there because it was so cheap. And they have like gas and shit, like it's just <laughs> godly. It's like a cult of retail there. And they, they compete just... with Sam's Club or some shit, right? Yeah, I didn't know Sam Club Sam's Club was even a thing anymore. I didn't know either until a coworker was like, "If you don't go to Sam's Club, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> go to Costco around here." Yeah, I've no, I honestly haven't seen a Sam's Club in like a decade, probably. I have never seen anyone as loyal to Sam's Club as that woman. Like, it's <laughs> like Sam's Club has it too. I'm like, how do you know? Sam's Club. She's a Sam's Club slut, is what she is. She's definitely teetering on that territory. <laughs> or how long have we been going for? I don't know, but I think I've run out of things to say. You're you're empty. Um, yes. yeah, I'm pretty empty too, and I'm really hungry since we talked about yeah. Food for that's really what I'm gonna do after this. 45 minutes straight, which is I love that so. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all. And I think we're going to be doing more episodes. I know we promised that last time and we went on an eight month hiatus, but that's just how we do. You know, that's how we do. That's, that's the method to our madness. Our next episode will be March of 2025. Yes. When, <laughs> you know what we should do? We should wait till like global catastrophe happens. And then we'll check back in and be like, yeah, yo, we're their number one news source for everything, obviously. So, well, yeah, we'll become like, you know, in, in like 28 days later and movies like that, when there's like a there's a radio show going on, that will be us informing people about the about apocalyptic and their pre-made meals. <laughs> Guys, they're still good for another two weeks if you want to try the bourbon chicken. We'd be the plug for the pre-made meals. Oh, yeah. We would just harvest them and keep them in like a freezer and we could trade people for like weapons and like fuel and stuff. That'd be a solid way to make money during the apocalypse, honestly. Selling pre-made meals. Trader Joe's meals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I would definitely be like someone that harvests food because that's that's all I would really care about at that point. I would go to Costco during the apocalypse because it's like a solid (laughs) fortress. You could live off of like those. They're American cheese packs that have like five hundred slices of cheese that probably never goes bad. <laughs> yeah, and just eat grilled cheese for the next four years of your life. You're you're set to go. I fucking love grilled cheese <laughs> and tomatoes uh, soup. Oh fuck, dude! Not to keep plugging Trader Joe's, but they have the most fire <laughs> tomato soup. And I was I was making their grilled cheese with like their bread and stuff. It was so good. Yeah, we should call this like the Trader Joe's episode. Even though I made like the worst possible complaint about their my experience, I'm still I've, I probably will go back. Tomorrow. I think the positives we've stated far outweigh this fly situation that you've stated. Even when I was telling that story, I felt nauseous. But it's still, I'm going to power through it for the love of the game. Maybe they'll give us a voucher if they listen to this. You know what? I should, I thought about calling them or like, I don't know, tweeting at them and see if I can get some like gift card or something. But like, what proof do I have? (laughs) Yeah, true. It's hard to prove that you like bit into a raspberry from them that had a fly. Like, I was not know you put it in after. If you take a <laughs> That's what they tweet back at me. You're trying to scam us, aren't you? 
Don't you tr- ever try to fuck us, Jake. <laughs> like, fine, I'll go back to eating your fajitas and mac and cheese. We're all good. <laughs> oh, another thing you got to try is their tamales. If you, Ooh, they, ha- they have they these pre-made, tamales. they have these pre-made tamales, and it's like there's ones with meat in them, but the ones to get are like the there's one filled with cheese and like salsa verde. Is this all in one section of the store? Like, where <laughs> pretty do you much yeah. look for these pre-made meals, man? I mean, it's, Trader Joe's is a small institution. Yeah, You'll it. be able to find the meals. <laughs> I'm just impressed now. Just don't get the raspberries, all right? And that's that's a that's a lesson to all of you guys out there. Do not eat the raspberries from Trader Joe's. They will you will get impregnated by a xenomorph. If that's definitely noted. I will not eat that shit. All right, guys. Take care. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>